I'm Tim. And I'm Drew. And this is the Hearts and Hands Podcast. In episode four, we talk about writing songs for a specific purpose or theme, and we interview Caleb Schmiege about the role of motivation in creativity. Welcome to episode four of the Hearts and Hands podcast. I'm your host, Drew Sonnenberg, joined as always by my co-host, Tim Babbler. Tim, how you doing? Doing pretty well, Drew. How about you? Not too bad. Yeah. It's uh, nice to be uh, getting in the swing of 2019 and thinking a little bit about my plans for the year. You know, 2019 is always a good time. 2019. January is always a good time for looking forward and uh, trying to make sure that your plans are in place. I get to start thinking about vacation time again and when to be using it. And of course, that got me thinking about uh, this summer. One of the highlights of my summer is always the week spent in Covington, Georgia at Camp South with I you. Also, I also yes. enjoy that week. But one of the reasons I like it is for the past five years, I've had the opportunity to write a theme song for Camp South. Yeah. yeah. The coolest thing for me is my first one. I always say my first one happened kind of by mistake. I was just thinking and I was like, oh, we have all these songs. And that was my first year. The second year when I actually wrote my first theme song, I was like, you know, it'd be kind of cool to have a, a theme song that's written just for this. And literally in the course of like 25 minutes in the afternoon, I just wrote it one day, nice. which seems a little crazy because that's not something that a lot of people can say, oh, yeah, you can just... Yeah, uh, you know, certainly. pull a song out in 25 minutes. Certainly not a normal occurrence for most songwriters. Right. But I think why where I find my strong suit is you think about the the key components for a song. And it's easy in a in a in a camp environment because thinking of Camp South specifically, the kids like call and response types. Like if the leader sings something and then the kids sing something. Or um, for the kids, too, they like an opportunity to like have an interjection of some sorts. Like my first song was about, uh, called God's High Seas Adventures. And they sang high, high seas. And they got to like yell out high right afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Like, do you have much experience writing for a specific uh, theme or a specific opportunity? Where it comes up most often for me, especially lately, is uh, when we're working on a new sermon series. Working with with Kent, he's the one who comes up with the the themes of the series, and I always tell him he doesn't make my job very easy because he he comes up with you know great concepts and everything, but not necessarily ideas that people have written songs about. So often when I find myself really stuck, just not being able to find a song that really speaks well to the themes of our our series, I just sit down and see if I can write something. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But over the last few years, I've written a few that I'm kind of proud of. Yeah. And that's the cool thing is when when it's just something you maybe want to do and there's not a, you know, you're not being commissioned for it or you're not whatever, you can let your motivation just speak for itself. If you have it, if you if you want to write something, give it a shot. And if it doesn't work, don't feel bad about it. Yeah. Uh, you try to find try to find songs that fit well with the, with the sermon series or with the theme of your service. And to be honest, that can be very tricky. We have a sermon series right now at our church going on. That's called uh, Google it, where we're talking about a lot of 
questions that people would ask. Like, is it okay to get tattoos or is it okay to do this or that? And there's not really a, a lot of Christian songs that, that go with it. Now I'm not going to sit down and write a song called Google it. Yeah, yeah. You try to get across a certain or particular message or theme. You can still sing your praise songs. You can sing your, your penitential songs and things like that too. Yeah. And uh, the nice thing with, if we're working far enough ahead, it kind of gives you a motivator, but at the same time, without the, the point where you're like panicking about it, like if I'm thinking about this two months before the sermon series actually happens, you know, I have a good reason to work on writing a new song. I have a clear direction of where I want to go with the song. Um, but at the same time, it's not like I need to get it done by midnight. Otherwise, it's, you know, I'm going to fail the test or something like that. You know, right. I, there's, it gives you enough time to, to feel comfortable and relaxed and not panic. But at the same time, a strong enough motivator to actually get working on it and see if you can come up with something good. Sure. Well, all this talk about songwriting and motivation kind of leads well into our interview today with Caleb Schmiege. So let's give that a listen. Today we have the privilege of welcoming Caleb Schmiege to the podcast. Welcome, Caleb. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. Uh, so my name is Caleb Schmiege. I'm a pastor. I serve at Divine Savior. It's an academy and a church, and I serve as the bridge between the church and the school. Uh, I've been a pastor for like three years now. And some of my passions are youth ministry. I love working with kids and with families. And then obviously, I also have a big passion in music, uh, playing music, writing music, uh, listening to music. Uh, it's something that I do in my free time, but I also uh, you know, consider it part of one of my callings, one of the things that I, I love to pour my energy and my creativity into. So that's, that's me. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background in music? Sure. Uh, I've got a, a big shout out to my parents who forced me to take music lessons. Uh, I took trombone lessons in grade school, but before that I started in piano at like third grade. Shout out to Anita Schultz, my piano teacher, for give, giving me my start. My parents forced me to take piano lessons, and so every chance I get to talk to parents and to kids, I say, force your kids to take piano. <laughs> Even if they say no, keep making them take it, because that's me. Uh, I didn't want to take piano. My parents made me stick with it, and I'm so, so happy that they did. That's kind of how I got my start. But actually, I started really enjoying making my own music once I stopped taking lessons. So maybe that feels like a bit of a paradox. But uh, <laughs> once I stopped taking lessons, I started playing what I wanted to play. I started just sitting down at the piano and playing whatever came out of my head and through my fingers, uh, trying to emulate the things that heard on the radio or trying to make up new stuff, make up my own thing on the piano. Wrote a lot of songs in high school. I was in a few bands, um, some of higher or lesser quality. Uh, did the same thing in college. I was in a few bands, and that's kind of where I got my start writing music. You know, mostly sappy love songs and stuff like that <laughs> um, about uh, what a teenager thinks love is all about. And now I think I tend to really just write a lot of Christian music, songs incorporating scripture that could be used in church well, I'm married now, so I don't really need the sappy love songs to try to win the heart <laughs> of some teenage girl. So <laughs> I do write some songs for my wife on occasion, but those are just for her usually. So, Caleb's attended the songwriting weekends that we have down here at Illumin. And 
in the, our conversations during those weekends, we talk a lot about motivation in the creative process. So, Caleb, do you find yourself more motivated internally or externally when it comes to songwriting? Hmm. That's a tough question. I think that you got to have both, obviously. It's, I mean, I'll be a fence sitter with that. But, I mean, there, there has to be some sort of internal motivation, obviously, of why you do what you do. So if you're a songwriter, you, there has to be something that motivates you to, to do the thing itself. Purely external motivation won't get you there. Um, I mean, you, you have to be passionate. For me, it's being passionate about writing something that I know people will use and that people will be fed by. You know, using writing something that I know that people will be able to sing in a church somewhere or be able to sing to their kids at home. Uh, that is a huge motivation for me in putting out something that's quality and that I think communicates well. But the external motivation part is actually really important, too. I think, Drew, you had asked me before if external motivation, if that kind of sours the product in the end because you're motivated to, to get to a deadline or something like that. But I've actually found that external motivation has been one of the best things just to give me a kick in the pants to get me going, uh, because sometimes I, I'll get started on a song, I'll get like two thirds of the way through. And then, you know, like a dog chasing a squirrel, I'll, I'll go off on something else and I'll leave all these two thirds or half or three quarters finished songs out there somewhere. And if I have the external motivation, if I'm actually writing for something like for the songwriting weekend or for some other sort of thing where I know there's a motivation, there's something, a place where I know it'll actually be used or a person that will, it'll actually benefit, then it's all the more likely that I'll actually put the time into it. So I'd say it's a, it's a bit of a mix of both. And I really don't think the external motivations hurt the internal ones uh, as long as you, you really care about what you're doing. Sure. As someone who creates for specific events, whether it's songwriting weekend or through other churches, do you find it difficult to stay the task if you have so many things going on? Hmm. Yeah, sometimes I do. You know, uh, just personally, I struggle to stay on top of things sometimes. And so, and, and creativity doesn't, you can't just force it to happen too. Uh, when you're writing a song or doing a new arrangement, sometimes you sit down and just not a whole lot comes out. But I think it's important to, as often as you can, even if it's for a short amount of time, Put yourself in the creative space, yeah. so to speak, and just to get yourself going, you know, to say, hey, I'm going to sit down for 10 minutes and just, you know, dink around and see what happens. Uh, and then you, sometimes I find myself saying, you know, what, I'll just play for a few minutes and it's an hour later and I've developed something that, I, wow, well that where did that come from? You know, mm. um, so I think it's just telling yourself, you know, what, I'm going to I'm going to sit myself down and I'm going to get started, even if I don't feel like I have any ideas right now, I want to put myself in the space to make that happen. But you do have to just make yourself do it sometimes. Not it's not always gonna it's not gonna come knocking on your door asking to get done. Sometimes you just gotta pull yourself up and do it. Yeah. Yeah. I know in talking to some other guests on the podcast, I've asked th this same question, but I like to ask it to all the different artists that I run into. You talked about putting yourself into a creative space. Is there anything that you found that's particularly valuable or, or or makes that time more useful or more efficient to get yourself into a creative space more easily? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, if I'm speaking, I'll, I'll speak maybe just from my experience with songwriting. Uh, I like to have an idea of what the, 
I don't know what the content of the song is going to be about. If I'm writing a song about forgiveness or I'm writing a song about baptism or whatever it is. Um, I just like to pull in as many different things from scripture and different sources as possible, just to kind of saturate my mind with all these different ideas. And I think instead of just hoping creativity will come to me (laughs) randomly through the air or something uh, to have all those thoughts already going in my head and to have little phrases to try to say, Oh, I'm going to try to pair this phrase, you know, together with a line of music. Uh, I found that to be a helpful thing. Uh, Obviously trying to minimize outside distractions is nice. You know, just tossing your phone in another room or something, or just see if you can get kind of a a quiet space where you're not going to be distracted by other work or other stuff. And just saying, you know, this is just my time for this right now. As a Christian, I think prayer is a wonderful thing just to kind of focus yourself at the, it's, staggering to me how often when I'm starting, whether it's a, as a pastor, a sermon or a devotion, or if I'm starting kind of the songwriting process, I'll get like halfway through, I'll be like, holy crap, I haven't prayed yet. <laughs> um, this would have, maybe that's why this is going so poorly. I haven't asked for the Lord's help. Uh, I haven't you know, prayed to him to give, give me inspiration and guidance and to, to calm my heart. And that might be one of the best things to do is to say that's always number one on my list of things to do as I'm starting to write is just to say a prayer for calm. Caleb, do you find it hard to stay motivated um, when you're arranging work rather than when you're creating new content? It's a good question. Uh, I feel like in some ways they're kind of different processes. Uh, there's some things that connect. Some, sometimes the really nice thing about arranging is that you take some of the hard pieces of like creating a totally new song with new lyrics and new music. You take some of those difficult pieces off of the table And so let's say you take a hymn that already has a great text and you write a new tune or you have a a hymn that already has a great text and a great tune and you're just uh, trying to arrange it in a way that will bring it new life. I think it it makes me in some ways try to to hone my craft into a really, really specific, narrow area to say, okay, I'm not going to change the melody and I'm not going to change the words. I'm just focusing on. Uh, what the different instruments are going to be doing to try to give this thing new life. And so it's kind of fun. You get to investigate a little bit the the lyrics and what is being said there. What's the poetry? What uh, scriptural allusions are being made? Are there connections to other things? And then how do you bring that out in the instrumentation? How do you bring that out in uh, the way the vocalists sing or the way the various instruments are playing, what percussion might be doing? You just, I don't know, I feel like I'm looking at it from the finished end rather than from the starting end. You know, if I'm creating something new, creating some new content, I'm trying to brainstorm and think up things and build things from the ground up. Whereas arranging, I'm taking a look at a finished thing, which is probably already pretty good. I mean, that's why I'm looking at it is because there's already something that I like about it. And so I get the joy of looking at it, taking it apart and saying, how can I take this thing that maybe has become old and a little dusty for people? And how can I dust it off and dress it up and present the same thing to people, but in a different way where people will say, oh, wow, I, I didn't know, but I really love this hymn. Um, I've heard of the hundred times before, like um, as an example, Rock of Ages is a hymn that for a lot of people, they've told me, I really don't like that hymn. You know, it always seems like this slow rocking back and forth sort of organ hymn and uh, did an arrangement with the, the seminary chorus and also with the Fide, a band I was in before. And we did it with banjo and mandolin and with piano and guitar. And 
it's this like the words are the exact same and the melody is the exact same. The timing is the same, uh, but people just heard it with a different arrangement. And all of a sudden people are like, wow, I love that hymn because they got to see these, this beautiful melody and the beautiful words that had already been there um, and just see it in a different, in a different light that maybe they hadn't seen it before. Yeah. And it sounds like you get a chance to flex your creative muscles, maybe getting outside of your comfort zone. And that's something that I would encourage people to do quite often. If you're, if you're a creative person or if you want to be a creative person, Put yourself into situations where you maybe don't feel as comfortable and you're going to learn something about yourself. No, that's, that's uh, well said, Tim. I think like in some of the things I'll do, I'll take a hymn text and write a new tune for it uh, that just focuses me in on my my melody writing ability and then saying I'm not going to worry about if the words fit. Because sometimes if you're writing a song, you're, you say, oh, is the melody just – is it not quite right? Well, maybe I can change the words so it fits to this different melody. And so you just hones you in on – one part of it or or maybe taking a melody that's out there and say i'm going to write new words to this and work just on your your lyric writing ability as well yeah well caleb thank you so much for coming on the show today and we enjoyed having you here thanks guys i love getting to talk about this creativity stuff it's just giving me a little energy to go at it again if you'd like to hear a little more of caleb's work and see what sorts of things he writes and arranges you can check him out on soundcloud if you search caleb schmiggy Otherwise, you can go to soundcloud.com backslash Caleb Schmiggy and find some of his work there. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Hearts and Hands podcast. If you have questions that you'd like to hear answers to on this podcast, or if you have guests that you'd like us to interview, feel free to send us an email at heartsandhandspodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us at our social media. Yeah, we actually have our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram accounts. Um, if you search at Wells Creative on any of those, our Instagram account does a good job of keeping up and just showing which of the the weekly episode themes are. And uh, you can reach out to us through direct messages there or on Twitter and definitely see all of the cool things coming up on our Facebook page as well. Also, be sure to check out our Patreon account, uh, patreon.com slash hearts and hands podcast. We'd love to ha- have your continued support. And thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. 